Hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you're watching from or listening from. Welcome to another big match build-up show. And the games are coming thick and fast this December. I'm having hardly any time to keep up and upload these previews. But we do manage to squeeze some time to record our show this week. And I'm also having hardly any time to digest what is this week's big news. Now, of course, now we know Mark Hughes has been sacked. So if the previews do seem a little outdated and a little vague, and then they were recorded before the news broke. So on this week's show, then, a fan's favourite rejoins us once again, and we get the chance to speak to the opposition, and we try to find out what is going on exactly with the new White Hart. You'd have thought, after if something was going to happen, you'd have thought it would have happened after the Fulham game, because... I'm still scratching my head how we lost that game. I, I can't work it out. Probably he can't work it out how we went from 2-0 to 2-2 yesterday. It, it's infuriating, some of the things that are happening at the back. Basic, basic errors. Um, this season, all of, our, all of our season tickets have been sold for the new stadium under the premise that we we're going to be able to get in there and watch our football team play there. Um, so we paid out. And then... Um, they are reimbursing you as you go to Wembley. So it's a weird one. And you ended up paying more money to go to Wembley than you are for the season ticket. It's, it's all a bit, a bit of a mess. So do stick with us. Hopefully you have time to consume this before kickoff on Wednesday night. Uh, as always now, this show is available to download in the card above my head on YouTube and also available on the links below for most audio platforms. And earlier this week, we put the call out to enter our competition for this Le God's canvas uh, against the infamous grey kits of Manchester United. And this canvas perfect for your bedroom, bathroom, man cave or wherever. So do find out who won that later on in the show. So enough of that then. Uh, let's get on with this week's preview show as Saints head to Wembley to play Tottenham Hotspur. So welcome along to our first half then of our big match previous Saints preparing for a visit to Wembley and Clive is back after uh, a few months. We haven't seen you, mate. How have you been? I've been around. I've been <laughs> around. Been to most of the games, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I've been fine, mate. Thank you. This has been recorded on Sunday morning. So the result last night, uh, Saturday against Manchester United 2-2, still fresh in our and our memories but it I suppose let's start with some negatives and then work towards our positives because it was a strange game yesterday uh, but it's, it's another home game without a win another game from a winning position that we've sort of where it feels like a loss for me anyway but 2-0 mm. you know it's never it never seems like it's a certainty you know did we invite the opposition back into it or should we have gone for three and really written it off I think we were going for three when we got caught with our pants down shall we say that that, that um when Redmond made that pass to Cedric, which which wasn't the greatest pass in the world, unfortunately, and it overran for a for a goal kick, uh, both players were unfortunately milking the applause from the crowd. I don't blame them for the goal because how can you blame someone for a goal that happens a hundred yards away? But it just shows you have to turn on at all times, and and we just turned off for a split second. The shape of the team was wrong. Having said that, a lot of things at the other end happened that that should have been avoidable. So. But that just shows you the, the, the intensity that you need because I thought we were going for it and I, and I thought we were playing some really good stuff. Yeah, and I think also for the most part, United didn't look interested. You know, it was an explosive first up, but really an anticlimax in the second. 
yeah, they. I, I thought they'd come out and press a lot more. I, I thought credit to Saints, they they stayed. They didn't panic. They didn't panic. It was only really that last bit in injury time when they had a couple of free kicks, and you're thinking, oh god, not again. Here we go. But no, I I, I thought we did all right second half to hold them steady. Yeah, I think for me also, you know, a very gutsy performance. So, you know, most of us leaving the stadium feeling, you know, fairly positive, let's say. Uh, but it's, we saw some encouraging displays once again. We saw Valerie uh, and Aubameyang yeah. make their Premier League yeah. debuts at starts and, and, you know, goals from Armstrong and that wonderful free kick from Cedric. But I think one of the criticisms that we've heard, and, and I've probably labelled it as much as anyone else, is that we're not physically strong enough. We're not fit enough. But I thought we showed we were in this game. And, and certainly physically, Lamina was was amazing. He he almost took it on a him and, and um, uh, what's his name Pugba uh, Pugba yeah. Um, he almost took it on as a one man crusade to, to to prove that he was up to the the challenge. And I thought he did really really well. I thought he was man of the match to be honest. Yeah, Lamina fantastic display yesterday. And you know people obviously obviously with displays like that against some clubs like Manchester United, some people might be on their radar. I thought he put it in against Fulham. I thought he was excellent against Fulham and, and he's been one of the shining lights in obviously what has up to now been a, a dreadfully disappointing season from results point of view. Some of the performances, when we go box to box, we look absolutely fine. It, it, it is okay, the finishing off and the holding on that our problem is. We, we, can't, we can't put games to bed. We can't. And then when we do get an advantage, it's now 12 points. Yeah. have been lost um, my goodness we'd be uh, we'd be up above well up round about Leicester we'd be somewhere like that yeah mid-table quite comfortably yeah yeah very comfortable not even thinking about relegation whereas now we're in a scrap the other guys are picking up and, and your whole mindset changes yeah I mean at the time of recording now we're still in the bottom three uh, second from bottom or third from bottom because Burnley lost yesterday only above them on goal difference but you know it's, it's starting to become worrying times but you know after, after yesterday's results Strangely, it seems like Mark Hughes has bought himself just that little bit of time. You know, we said in the pub yesterday, perhaps he's now going from game to game. Maybe he is. You'd have thought after, if something was going to happen, you'd have thought it would have happened after the Fulham game because I'm still scratching my head how we lost that game. I, I can't work it out. Probably he can't work it out how we went from 2-0 to 2-2 yesterday. It, it's infuriating some of the things that are happening at the back. Basic, basic errors. And... We just you, you, you're going to get caught like that in the Premiership. You will get punished, no matter how well you play from box to box, no matter how many chances you create, you will get punished. And so, I mean, so far this season as well, it seems like Hughes doesn't know his best partnerships. You know, again yesterday we saw a different partnership: Yoshida and Vestergaard, along with Stevens. Yesterday, only two changes from midweek from the Carabao Cup game. People are calling for players, and Bedenrek I hear called for, and Yoshi was being called for recently. You know, and unfortunately, they're all making mistakes, individual mistakes, and collectively, that's leading to to these to these performances where we look totally in control sometimes, and we just give the game away. Mm. And and that's got to stop. It really has to stop. If we get one nil, you know, if it has to go Rosette, it has to go Rosette. I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's simple. It's a simple basics, uh, and it seems like some sometimes that Saints just cannot get it right. I mean, I suppose we have to look ahead to to Tottenham on Wednesday. A very busy time for Saints and Tottenham as well. They have a you know yep. a gate, two games a week, 
uh, perhaps a, a, a blessing in disguise that we got knocked out of the Carabao Cup because we then we won't have another game against uh, Man City before Christmas and ruin our build-up, I suppose. But um, <laughs> well, yeah. I suppose, uh, you know, a, another game on, on Wednesday on to Tottenham and they have, uh, you know, the small matter of a North London derby this afternoon, I suppose. And they're picking up some form going into this busy Christmas period. Tottenham are in great form. He's, he's gotten back into shape. Um, still got a chance in Europe, or they're going to have to put all the stops out to beat Barcelona. But, you know, it, it's it's probably one of the toughest games of the season, given what happened last season on, on Boxing Day. It, it's looking like one of the toughest games of the season for Saints. So all we can hope for is that we go there and, you know, with the newfound fight in the team, at least put up a decent show. You know, because Tottenham, Tottenham do have a lot of threats going forward. It isn't just about Harry Kane. Um, but please, 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 mark that. What's his name in midfield? He had, Delhi. He had the he, no, not Delhi. The other, the sweet, uh, the Scandinavian, the Danish lad. What's his oh, name? Ericsson, um, yeah. Ericsson. Ericsson had the last season when we played them. He had the run of the midfield, and uh, you, you have to pick quality players like that up very tight. And let's hope, you know, with this new formation in midfield, those three lads. I, I, I think. Lamina, Huiberg and uh, Armstrong have done pretty good the last the last couple of games in midfield. We've we've really fought hard for the ball there. It's the problems are the back four, back five, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And the goalies <laughs> the goalies having a bit of a wobble as well, which doesn't help matters. Yeah. You know? So but let's go there with the fight we've we've shown against United and put up a fight against Tottenham. We won't be relegated in games like this, Freddie, or we won't finish where we're going to finish in games like this. It, it's, it is Cardiff, Huddersfield and West Ham. All I would say is that these top teams have got so many fixtures in December, they're going to have to really rotate the squad. And when you do that, sometimes that gives you a chance. I suppose, could we use that to our advantage and can we, how can we build on that newfound fight, you know, on, on, on Wednesday? But last time, like you said, when we went to Wembley, you know, no happy memories, you know, humiliated on Boxing Day, and, you know, perhaps you could say that was the beginning of the end for Maurizio Pellegrino. Perhaps he could have gone earlier before that when we got humiliated at home to Leicester or Huddersfield earlier that month. But could we see, could, do you reckon we, we could see a similar reflection for Mark Hughes? Or, we, or should we just allow this to be hit, you know, sort of free hit, as Mark, as Nick, Nick would say? But No, please don't say that. It's just an awful expression. <laughs> I just cannot stand free hits. There are no free hits. Because you go 11 v 11 in every premiership game. Yes, it's probably 10 to 1 that Saints are going to win this. Maybe even get a draw. But you take that 10 to 1 and you fight and you fight and you fight. And you, you know, you have to go, you have to be professional. That's the thing. I, I think sometimes Saints show some, play some lovely football, but they're not professional for 90 minutes. They switch off. This is where, you know, these games are where you have to be professional and, and pray with a bit of pride. Supporters will be there. You know, uh, they follow them all around the country. Play for those supporters. Fewer fewer people are going to this game because it is at Wembley. We're, of course, expecting this to be at the new White Hart Lane. But, you know, complete farcical, uh, you know, uh, construction, let's say. And sort of, we won't be looking forward to that until maybe at least till next season, should we stay up. Should we stay up, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are not looking forward to it because they think we're going to get taunted. That's the bit. That's the unfortunate truth of the matter. Let's hope, and it is a big H, capital H, hope that we can go there with fight, and and actually, you know, stay in the game for as long as possible. Because Tottenham fans are the worst in the world 
it's slagging their own team. If they're not winning 3 0, you know, or, or, or comfortably, they're the worst in the world at slagging their own side. So, you know, you, you, you take things like that. If the game goes on and it's nil nil and, and Saints, Saints will get the odd chance, definitely. They did last season. They could have got four or five at Wembley on that dreadful day, but Tottenham could have got probably 15. Hmm. But, you know, you take that and you go you go with it and, you, you know, you stick in there as long as you possibly can. So you're building us up, you're giving us a bit of positivity, but what's your score prediction, mate? I, I think we'll score. I think we'll score and uh, I, I do think we'll lose. But sorry, guys, that's that's the reality of the situation. I, I can't bullshit. That, that is truly uh, they've got top top quality players and it's not just about Ericsson there are there are many other players but please mark him um and yeah I think okay one two one two with a bit of honor let's go with a bit of honor let's show keep our heads held high because the games this month that are crucial are going to be Cardiff Huddersfield away and West Ham at home get points from those games you're still very much in the hunt lose those games you're really up against it going into the new year. All right, excellent stuff, Clive, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Up the Saints. Cheers and Clive, hopefully we see you again soon on the show. But if you do see him around the ground, go and say hello to him. He wouldn't mind that at all. But now it's time for your bite size away guide. And if you're heading up to Wembley on the train on Wednesday, then there are no shortage of local pubs for Southampton fans. It's basically as you were for the League Cup final a few years ago. Let's assume that the Green Man pub is away fans and most of Wembley Central is available too. So... Now's time to find out who won this coveted Legod canvas, courtesy of Art of Football. Now, we were overwhelmed by our responses over on all our social pages, but our winner has to be Derek Brittlecombe on Facebook, and he made no mistake of the match, as often some people do in 96. So well done, Derek. Uh, the canvas is heading your way soon. So now it's time to move on to our opposition view this week and we get the thoughts from our counterparts ahead of kickoff. So welcome along to our second half and our opposition outlook part of the show. And we're joined by a familiar face once again, the host of the Fighting Cock podcast, uh, Flav. Thanks for coming by, mate. My pleasure, Freddie. How are you doing? Yeah, difficult season so far, mate. But um, I guess we just better find out about your season, really, mate. Um, yeah. Uh, the time recording, third in the league. Um, you've yep. gone under the radar, really, haven't you? You sort of really sneaked into the title race. Some of the pundits are uh, are writing. Well, I don't think I don't think we are in a title race. I think there's not, nothing that's going to catch uh, Manchester City. But I think we've we've done we've gone about our season in the right way. Um, we haven't actually signed any. Um, uh, any players and I think that's why people have kind of dismissed us from the outset but what we actually got in the end is a, um, a, a nice tidy little team who know how to play under Pochettino's uh, instruction it, I, I didn't have any doubt that Spurs would finish in the top four this season I think we will I don't think it will be an issue uh, and I think that's largely down to the fact that Pochettino knows how to get these players playing um, they understand his system and understand the way he, he wants them to play so it's, um, it was always going to be like this. You know, Pochettino's side is not going to turn into a team that can barely qualify for the, the Champions League just like by, by not signing any players. Um, and we've had other players come through. Sissoko is, you may have picked up on it, but 
he's gone from being honestly the worst footballer I've ever seen to being, if he starts against Arsenal tomorrow, I have no issue. Yeah, I mean, Pochettino, fantastic coach, manager, obviously started in the Prem with us and gone on to bigger and better things with Tottenham as well. But, you know, you said you've, you've had no transfers come in this, this season as well, but this is a very difficult time for, you know, most clubs, but, but perhaps more so than you. You've you've got two games a week for the next four weeks, you know, it's a do or die campaign with Champions League uh, next week as well. And of course, a small matter of a North London derby on Sunday. Historically, in the run up to Christmas, Pochettino sides haven't had any kind of issue with fatigue. We've been playing two games a week almost for the entire season since Pochettino took over, whether that be Europa League or Champions League. It's slightly easy with Champions League because, you know, you're you're playing on a Tuesday and a Wednesday as opposed to a Thursday. But I, I don't if there's going to be any issue with fatigue and, and, the, and, and the lack of signings, it'll be after January. That's where we've seen it in the past. You know, around February, March time, legs start to get a little bit weary. And, you know, that's why I hope come January that Spurs do go out and start buying some players um, because it's all well and good having the same squad, but you need it needs to be refreshed and it needs to be rotated properly. Um, but, you know, you've got players playing this year that, that, that wouldn't not otherwise have played last year. You know, Harry Winks is starting um, pretty much every game. Um, Lucas Moura is an actual fully-fledged member of our first team now. And obviously Sissoko and Aldebaran are playing where they weren't playing last year. So while we haven't signed anyone, we have got fresh legs in there. But it does need, we need a few fresh faces. I mean, they're partly down to circumstances as well. You've got quite a few injury concerns and at this difficult time of year, perhaps that's why you're seeing Harry Winks in midfield, Aldebaran, a few others that you wouldn't expect. So, I mean, just to list a few of the injuries, you've got Lamella, Trippier, Wanyama, Dembele, Sanchez, all first team players. Lamella Lamella's, um, uh, is playing. He played last week, but he's got a chronic injury that needs to be managed. Um, so he'll play one game a week. Uh, so that's fine. But the others, yeah. I mean, we just literally, Batongan has just come back to the first team after being out for two months. Uh, you know, Kane look, is starting to look fit where he hasn't looked fit in the start of the season. And obviously, we were, Lamella, Winks and Wanyama are nursing chronic injuries, which um, they can't get rid of and they can't seem to heal. But, they're able to um, to manage the, the injury enough in order to get them on the pitch for the most part. When Yama, you know, is it, it, slightly different in that he's got a proper injury and he's been out. He, he just injures, constantly injuring different parts of his legs and back. Now, I'm not sure what they're going to do about Wanyama, to be honest. He's kind of properly dropped out of favour. It's interesting because when when you know when we chat down a pub of our friends and our our mates that go to the game every time, we would take Wanyama back in a heartbeat. But you know, like I say, he's become a very injury-prone player and perhaps just down to his, his, his size, his big old unit and maybe the impact that he, he takes on his legs every single week. Yeah, maybe. I think um, I think it's a weird one with Wanyama is that we, he's, um, he's like, the, uh, you know you know about him. I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know about Wanyama, but our playing style's changed where we need to be less reliant on a um, ball-winning, a holding midfielder and we're, we're much more kind of switched towards ball-playing, holding midfielders because we've got the luxury of doing it. You know, not everybody is able to play a defensive midfielder that can play football. Um, and Wanyama isn't the best footballer in the world, but he is a very good uh, defensive midfielder. So, and our system now is that Eric Dyer does that job. And you have another one, who could, another player who plays next to him that carries the ball. So Sissoko has been doing that job as well. So it's, it's, it's um, I can't see, Wan- I can't see a world where Wanyama stays at Tottenham for much longer. And I'm, I'm not sure how what he's going to do because his injury problems have been pretty bad over the last year. You mentioned, you know, uh, perhaps you need to freshen up in January as well, but will there be money in the pot? Of course, a lot of this money spent on the stadium, 
you know, delayed, of course, this game was due for, to play in the new stadium. Um, I mean, what's going on? I don't know is the answer. I don't know if there'll be any money. I don't know when we're going to get into the new stadium. I don't, I don't, I, no one knows. There's a test event on um, the 30th of December, I think, uh, which is going to house, house 6,000 people for a Legends game. And that's just a test whether or not the stadium can cope and get people used to it and whatnot. But until the stadium's done and it's open, you're right, I don't know where the money's going to come from. Uh, it's cost an absolute fortune. It will continue to cost a fortune. And the money for players isn't going to come out of thin air. That said, Le- Levy has ring-fenced, so he says, some money for new transfers. So, I don't know. Look, I, I think mainly with, with in terms of buying players at Spurs, what we do is if we see value in buying someone, then we will go out and spend that money because down the road, we're going to be able to recoup it or make more money. So, Serge Aurier, what is he, 20 million? Um, Lucas Moura, 25 million. If they have a good run in the team, then they suddenly become more valuable than what we paid. So, I don't think it's about spending for success. I think under Levy's tutelage or his stewardship, he, he he looks for value in transfers. So, if we need to, if we get an opportunity to buy Delict for 40 million as opposed to 60 million, uh, then he will definitely go out and do that. But in terms of speculative transfers and throwing money around, I don't think you'll ever see Spurs do that while Levy's under under uh, while the club's under his control. So I don't know when the money is. I don't know when the stadiums come in. I don't know if we're going to sign any new players. <laughs> well, I, you could say Daniel Levy is also a very shrewd businessman. I hear that the uh, the, the season ticket holders are going to be higher than t- uh, Arsenal. They're going to be one yeah, of the most yeah. expensive in the uh, in the league. So perhaps that's where most of the money is going to be generated. Yeah, Spurs' season ticket will probably be the most expensive season ticket in the world. Um, I can't think of another club that would charge more than Tottenham. We're certainly the most expensive in England now. Um, it was Arsenal, but now um, this season, all of our all of our season tickets have been sold for the new stadium under the premise that we were going to be able to get in there and watch our football team play there. Um, so we paid out. And then um, they are reimbursing you as you go to Wembley. So it's a weird one. And you ended up paying more money to go to Wembley than you are for the season tickets. It's, it's all a bit, a bit of a mess. But, you know, I think we've got a lot of people's patience have run out. Um, but I think there's a lot of Spurs fans who understand the the magnitude of developing a stadium project like this. It's the biggest construction project in, in, in the country, in the, in the United Kingdom. Um, so, look, these things go wrong and you've just got to get on with it. And if, you know, going to watch football is an expensive thing. It, all, it has been for many years. So if you if you were worried about getting shafted, um, when it comes to supporting your football team, then you'd have given up a long time ago. Well, I mean, that being said as well, that the price is so high, you know, the, the ambitious project, everybody's asking now, are Tottenham the top team in London? It depends on where we finish, doesn't it? I mean, we, you're top if you're top of the league. You know, we're above Chelsea, we're above Arsenal, so yeah, we're the top team in London. And that's, that's what proves it. Um, I think if you look at the amount of hatred that comes our way from West Ham, Spurs, uh, West Ham Arsenal and Chelsea... They hate us more than anyone else. And so I guess that makes us the most relevant club in London as well. But, you know, everyone says it about their own football clubs. The only one that's completely irrelevant is Arsenal. So, Well, uh, I'm sure a lot of our fans have something to say about Spurs as well. But, I mean, what... Yeah, what, you like us as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah um, and sh- no love lost in, in terms of our, our uh, audience. But, uh, I mean, what, what have you made of Saints season so far? Obviously, at the time of recording, second to bottom after Cardiff win on Friday... Uh, what, what, what do you think your approach is going to be on, on, on Wednesday? 
I think we just do what we, uh, we we do what we always do, which is just get on with it and you know play our system and and hopefully that works out. And and typically it does. You know, we'll rotate the team, but we've got a nice, very strong squad. Um, you'll probably see our young defender Jan Foyf come into the into the um, into the game, and he's like a he's like the next generation of defenders. I'm not saying he's a generation once in a generation defender. I'm saying it, defenders, in my opinion, will evolve from. Um, sort of the Dean Richards to, to use a player that both played for us or a um, Robert Hoof type centre-back to ball-playing centre-backs like Dilly and Jan Foyf. So you'll probably see him. And uh, I, I, look, I, I think we'll get a result against you. I think the issue with Southampton at the moment is obviously you've gone through a process of losing your players, having an excellent manager and, and, and losing Pochettino. It is really a, a club that bigger in inverted commas come in and and, um, and pillage but the problem I think you had was is, is abandoning this kind of young sort of exciting style manager that you would have got in and bringing in Mark Hughes because he's got to be the most uninspiring man on earth I mean what are you going to do at best you're going to finish 15th draw a load of games under Mark Hughes I'd much rather you you know how, how did you go about finding Pochettino? Because we didn't, no one else knew about him. You went out and took it. So, where, how, how does how does Southampton develop that um, that that philosophy again? Yeah, I think you've got it spot on as well, mate. You know, we have abandoned our model, and we we've simply got to the point in no return where we couldn't afford to gamble anymore. Mark Hughes, but I suppose mm. uh, it's time to finish off with your prediction, there, mate. You say you think Spurs are going to win quite comfortably. What, what's the score going to be then? Uh, it might not be comfortable. I think Mark Hughes t- tends to be able to... That's if he's to, there. Uh, That's if he's even in the dugout on, uh, on Wednesday. True. Uh, I, I think Spurs will win 3-1. All right. Excellent stuff. And then just uh, tell everybody where we can find you. I mean, if you're a Southampton fan and you want to go through the process of listening <laughs> to a Spurs podcast, then uh, you can find us at Love the Shirt on Twitter or just Google thefightingcock.co.uk um, and all, all, all of our social and, and places to listen to the podcast today. Great stuff. And we'll speak again soon, mate. Cheers, Freddie. So thank you very much for watching and listening to this week's Build Up show. Do look out for uh, the Cardiff preview show later on this week. And make sure you do check out the uh, latest episode of the Saints FC podcast where the boys dig deeper into the Mark Hughes sacking and assuming the new man in the hot seat, Ralph Hassenhutl, will be there on Saturday as well. Of course, do let us know how you think Saints will get on on Wednesday night with Kelvin Davis steering the ship uh, at Wembley. Suddenly, things are looking a little bit rosier up the Saints. 